millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Dom Alessio, and this is Other Side of the Tracks. Each episode, we feature a new release and talk to the artist about the inspiration, meaning, and stories behind each song. In this episode, we take a look at The Great Expanse, the eighth studio album from the Hilltop Hoods. Over the course of their career, the Hoods have had five number one albums, solidifying their place as Australian hip-hop royalty. For the production of The Great Expanse, the guys teamed up with longtime collaborators and some fresh faces to put together an album that combines their iconic sound, some synthia textures, and, in their own words, something that's a bit poppy towards the end of the record. We sat down with Suffer, Pressure, and DJ Debris, known to their mums as Matt, Dan, and Barry, to talk over the album from top to bottom. Here's The Great Expanse by the Hilltop Hoods. So we probably started writing The Great Expanse, I'm going to say two to three years ago, um, but kind of got heavily into it probably in the last 18 months, I'm saying. But uh, yeah, we kind of, we, we never really stopped writing songs. It's just sort of what ended up being on the album is, I mean, the, the oldest parts of it are probably about three years old. And it was created over numerous studios, but mainly my studio, my home studio, which I was building along the way. So that this album sort of got built along the way with my studio and Debris Studio, Takeaway Studios, where uh, Debris and Pressure do all of their recording. But yeah, we, like, you know, we had a little spot in Sydney where we got some rural stuff done, like... London recorded some Echo stuff mm. um, uh, with the sample replays. There's a guy in LA that did all that. So, you know, um, here and there. Yeah, a lot of um, my studio work gets done at Debris' house, and a lot of uh, Matt's gets done at The Nest, which is his studio. My studio, yeah. Um, I mean, we do jump in the same studio a bit, but it's, it's mainly between those two. Yeah. I mean, why would he go all the way to Barry's house when he can just walk go downstairs? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, you know, over the years we've sort of developed a writing relationship where it's like, we'll talk in person, we'll talk on email, we'll talk on the phone, but we don't need to be in a room bouncing mm. ideas off each other. It's actually not helpful for us. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I think like, we work better in our own space. Yeah. Because like, you know, I don't want to be in a room with P while he writes to a beat that's on loop for nine hours or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like I probably that's, wrote most of my verses for more like 90 hours, but yeah. Yeah. But you that know would be I mean. maddening. Um, but we bounce a lot of demos back and forth between each other. I yeah. set up a really 
to call it a studio is a bit of a lean. It's a laptop with a microphone in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just do sort of pretty dodgy demos there to send Matt and Barry ideas for songs. And and often I'll just send P a voice memo of a verse that I've just written or something like uh, that. I got some total Usually bangers. Usually on the toilet. Usually on the like, toilet. Like, like Matt written <laughs> into his phone on the toilet. <laughs> written, written, what, written drunk while crying. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually the best songs. <laughs> There's a couple of takes that made it from your, from your laptop onto the album. What? In uh, Counterweight there. Oh, that... It's more like a sound bite sort yeah. of thing that's layered amongst yeah. other takes. Yeah. I don't know if you just saw the blood drain from my face. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a melodic backing vocal in Counterweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Is that from your mic? No, it's, it's about nine layers of that, and one of the layers is from it. Yeah. You put it in there. You must have been super keen on that one layer no, to, to keep that. No, put it in for that. texture because my mic sounded so dirty and crusty. It's the, it actually, it actually gave yeah, it color. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Right. it gave it this cool texture, so we put it in there. Yeah, gotcha. So there you go. Real studio at my house. Yeah. <laughs> I, need yeah to name it. I need to name it if it's a real studio. Right? Yeah. If it's all in front of me, why is it awakened? The kind of sensation of fullness suddenly like every step could be pulled from under me. And so I don't all catch up to me. I move at the speed of light, losing my peace of mind, pursuing my demons, lucid or dream and can't keep doing this truth as I need advice. Uh, we worked with five different producers on this record who were Plutonic Lab, Cam Bluff, One Above, Six Four on Trials. So um, all of the sounds sort of came from so many different places. There wasn't one player that sort of played just all the piano stuff on it. There was multiple. And for the f- or guitars or horns. For the first time on this album when we did the horn recording, and this isn't taken away from the horn players, we decided to stick with the MIDI. Oh, they're going to be crushed when they hear that. <laughs> because like not, not for any other reason, mm. but the MIDI's just so tight and clean and punchy. And like the instruments in like contact and stuff like that mm. have reached a point like where you know they've reached the singularity, like the, the, <laughs> the computers have taken over. Like, I think it's so AI made the album, for us. <laughs> yeah. and it depends what sound you're going for, as well. Of course, like you know, if you mm. want like there's certain sound and character and flutter and all that, the only live players. Yeah. playing together in the same room can deliver, but for what we wanted specifically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was more of an improv bridge, probably the live yeah. suited that particular song better. Yeah. And and we recorded a string quartet for two songs. Yeah, the, the intro um, and um, What Becomes of Us. Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah, there's plenty of guitar work through the record, but uh, not, not one person doing it all. Yeah, Plutonic Lab, yeah. who mixed the whole album, um, his buddy Luke played the guitar in um, in uh, Leave Me Lonely. And Platonic Lab played the guitar as well. In Counterweight, yeah. yeah. And Trials played all the guitar that's in his beat. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much guitar in there. There is a lot of guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're a band. <laughs> Except hey guys, we're us, a band. None of us can play guitar. <laughs> well. So the album starts with the intro, which is The Great Expanse, which is just a string quartet. But after that, track two is the first actual song, which is Into the Abyss. Uh, it's probably the oldest beat on the record. Easily. 
Easily, yeah. It's about three years old. Cam Bluff sent us that when we are overseas. I definitely know it's the oldest beat because the first iteration I've got of that beat is uh, got 2015 in brackets. And it's so old, there were so <laughs> many different versions that Cam made for us. Yeah. Me and Matt ended up writing to totally different versions and right at the end of the <laughs> – about a few weeks before adding the record in, realised that we'd written to different versions of this beat. Uh -huh. And made a medley of the two versions. Made a, yeah. Which turned out actually really interesting because the, um, all the drum patterns and everything in both verses are quite different. Yeah. So, yeah, the song sort of ended up being this really moving, changing sort of production, which was cool in the end. But challenging to rap on because there's 138 beats per minute. Yeah. Which sucks. It, it was probably, it <laughs> probably was the most challenging verse for me to record. Yeah, also right. really naked, the first half of the production is just a guitar and some sort of yeah, right. synth and vibe sort of stuff going in. So it's very naked and very fast. quote from Plutonic Lab was the hardest track for him to mix as well. Evidently. He's, he said it was the hardest track he's ever mixed in his life. Yeah. And I, I'm like, sorry? <laughs> Should we be ashamed of this? Or proud of a challenge? <laughs> but yeah, I think he did a great job and Cam did a great job. And yeah. Really happy with that. Into the abyss daily until that man in the mirror ain't me. I'm not lost. I've been following my own path. Not blind. Been looking at my future and all The lyric for the great expanse on Into the Abyss. I wrote that after we agreed on the entitled when I thought it tied into the abyss thing, like being in the abyss and looking up at the great expanse is basically, you know, uh, I just thought it was a nice tie-in, basically. Said he wanna go outside and to chop it up. I'm not covered up, right? So not enough. I'm not enough. God, what a little bobby got. If you pop enough, I got a swipe. Leave me lonely was a track that I'd written over a completely different beat, and showed the guys, and everyone was like, "Cool," <laughs> <laughs> and like no one seemed that interested in it. Um, so I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, but when I was digging, I came across um, the song that we sampled it from, um, Have Love Will Travel. And it was the same chord progression as the original sample I'd written over. It just sounded better. And so I lifted that, sent it to Plutonic Lab. He, um, he sampled it, made a beat. We really dug it, um, but we wanted to have it replayed. So our guy in LA that does replays of samples replayed the whole track. And then Pluto remade the track again <laughs> <laughs> and got in his buddy Luke to play the guitar on it. And yeah, that's, that's sort of where that track came from musically. He said to me, look 
So like, you know, with your takes, you can, it, it does a take count of how many takes you did. I get, I got over 1500 takes. And we thought he'd gone mad. <laughs> That's Maybe, a good period yeah. of like two and a half, three days, like of recording. Um, yeah, I got up to 1500 takes. And it wasn't like I couldn't get it out. It's just like I couldn't get it out the way I wanted it. And so I kept on going back and like, I've always said to like, my wife Carly, I'm like, I don't think I'm very good at this. I'm just persistent. It's <laughs> <laughs> the key to, key to our career. But yeah, like, <coughs> and it's, you know, there's no, no big theme or anything there. It's just about like people bugging you out in a, in a nightclub or a pub or a bar or whatever, just getting in your face and something we've all experienced. And it was mm. something that a subject that was so, you know, loose and whatever that we could sort of just rap for the sport of rapping over. And, you know, that was another quick one, like 132 beats per, per minute. So, yeah. First half of the album's all pretty fast. Yep. We really took it there. Mm. Feeling good, in fact, I'm feeling mighty fine. Another year, another grind, another smile line. Dead start, top of life shine. When you're taking up my time, if you ain't ever like mine. Forget what you and who say It's the future, the moves, the moon today I can be toothless and grey Lose my toupee I still feel bulletproof like you okay. Do Yourself is another sample I found and flipped over to Platonic Lab It's um, from a Bob and L track called The Harlem Shuffle and most people would be familiar with the sample as it's the opener for House of Pain Jump Around the Dang 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 But after that comes in the Yeah, we used a different part of the song. Yeah. But yeah, the, the start of that track's very so, recognizable. So I flipped that I actually flipped it at home and mm. I was like, I'm not happy with with what I've done with it. I need to get someone who's better at this than me to flip it. And so I sent it to Platonic Lab, who is better at than me. <laughs> and he can and he turned it into into a Casino Royale <laughs> yeah, he soundtrack. He sent it back as basically as a Bond theme. A mad yeah. jazz orchestra too, which was cool as. Which was sick. And like, you know, we had Echo on another track further down the album, Exit Sign, mm. and Nyasa on another track, Here Without You, and I proposed to P that it might be nice to tie them in together both on one track to, you know, do that thing where you give a album a feel of cohesion and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so Eka does the first chorus, Nyasa does the second chorus, and then they come together at the end, which I think is fun. It's yeah. something a bit different structure-wise mm. for us. And it's kind of hard to tell the two apart. Mm. Yeah, I think they both have the complementary. Yeah, they're different characteristics, but they they're they're very, uh, very close in like cadence. Well, when Eka heard it, she actually asked me which one was her. That's dope. That's dope. But the, the thing about that track as well is like the most upbeat, like it's just stone cold funk, 
but it's also like for me um, one of the de most depressing verses I've written on the album. Depressing? Yeah, like, because you know, it's it's about uh, all my anxiety, basically. Yeah, I was thinking it was about feeling comfortable in your own skin. Well, it, but it is, but like, like yeah, in spite of that, yeah. looking good, looking better than I ever have. I don't feel that. The, cam <laughs> the camera can tell. It's that. all bravado. <laughs> <laughs> She took my hand like let's elope. I shook, I ran, I never wrote. I sold it all, I ran away. What's um, Sell it all, run away is another sample. I, I tried to flip myself. I wasn't happy with <laughs> it. Yeah. It's from a track of The Wedding of Ramona Blair. And I sent that to One Above, and he flipped it, made the beat. Was super happy. I've had the hook sitting there for three or four years, probably one of the oldest tracks on the album as well. Yeah. Um, it was about uh, two people that are heavily into drugs, having this fantasy life about uh, getting away from it all, running away, and you know, starting afresh. And using like celebrity couples that have had issues with drugs as like a device to tell that story, sort of thing. And initially, we got um, Hannah, um, who goes by Eleanor Jacks, to come in and sing a bunch of guides for the hooks we've written. She came in, sang a guide, and she was amazing. Um, and I wanted to keep her for that part, but it was a male part, so I couldn't. <laughs> Which is hopefully we get to do something with her, with her later down the track. So we got Emon, a New York singer, to do the hook, and he was great. But we needed to make some minor changes, like the recording um, had some trouble. The way his producer had printed it out, he'd printed it out with like effects and stuff on it. But when we went back to him, he was um, having a rough patch with his health. Mm. So we were back sort of to square one again. And then I was like, man, Timberwolf, like, um, who played at P's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> That's Timberwolf has an amazing voice. He's a South Australian guy and would sound awesome on this. My wife was very happy that we put him on the record. Was she? That's yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, she's just stoked. Um, <laughs> so he came down and spent he he spent a couple of days doing it, and really he just he did such an amazing job. And in the end, like it, I think it's what suited the track the most. It sort of worked out, sort of serendipity. We want to do something with Amon later on, but like um, it really worked out with um, Timberwolf for this track. I think he's got an amazing voice and he worked his guts out on he that. did he really did like nine hours in the booth sort of thing doing layers and harmonies and all sorts of things yeah it was really good experience for him Because of the lyric, yeah. She took my hand like let's elope. I shook her rain, I never wrote. I sold it all, I ran away. And like, you know, that's the male part talking about the female part in there. So it just 
wouldn't have made. I mean, it could have worked, I guess, like, but it just works better as a male part. And it was written in a male voice as well. My voice. <laughs> it's just I can't sing with it. <laughs> There's a voice memo though. Yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. Wasted energy, spending a pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but times a currency, I'm currently poor. So, uh, Exercise is uh, a beat that one above made for us. Um, and a songwriter called Sarah Aaron's. Uh, came down to Adelaide for two days and uh, wrote that hook for us and also at the same time brought her brother with her to meet us because he was a bit of a Hilltop Hoods fan. So, <laughs> so we hung out with Sarah and her brother for a couple of days and yeah, she wrote that hook and another hook that didn't end up going on the record but um, she didn't want to sing the hook herself. She's more, of a, she's more a songwriter. Than, so she's appeared in a few bits and pieces since then but she's, she's not one of these, she's not a person that wants the limelight. She was like, I just really want to write a hook for you guys, but I don't want to be the singer. Um, so we ended up getting Echo Vandal to uh, sing the hook. My wife was um, playing one of Echo's songs at some point. I was like, man, who is that girl? She's got a badass voice in a good way. <laughs> um, and just had this really dope, unique music. So uh, we just ended up hitting up Echo and getting her to come over and uh, yeah, laid, laid down the, um, the vocals for that. And... We were in a hotel room having drinks with Illy uh, one night and he heard the track and was like, man, I really like this track and he ended up just jumping on it as well. So yeah, that's how that collab of three different people happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe a little, but you know, they put on a show. We are the show. Everybody, Everybody say So the, the idea of the song came about when we we're um, workshopping the, the beat with Sarah and it was just about, it's a pretty simple track. It's about just being in a place you don't want to be in and just looking for the exit sign or any reason. Specifically get, a nightclub. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> and that, that was came from a discussion with Sarah about how much we shared a dislike for nightclubs. And, and we, we kind of, we kind of <laughs> I remember the conversation as well. We were like, it's such an obvious party style beat. Let's not be so obvious and do a, yeah. a party song. So we did an anti-party song. <laughs> yeah, did a club song about how much we hate club songs. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> no, how, about, how about we hate clubs? But yeah, yeah. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
Clark Griswold. I got a beat from 6-4, which I love. Wrote a hook over it, you know, which is basically about dad life. Um, we got Adrian Eagle involved because we knew him from uh, mutual friends and just from Adelaide. He's from Adelaide originally. Uh, he's in Melbourne now, but like. Also, like on 17, that was like, you know, been big over the last year, and we get a little shout out on that, and we were kind of buzzed on that, and we were like, oh, we should do something with Adrian. And yeah, man, it's just, uh, Clark Griswold is the perfect fictional character to sort of use as a device to sort of say, like, you know, here's a, a flawed dad trying to do better. Mm. And that's the sort yeah. of theme of, of the song. We're very flawed. Yeah. But we are trying to do better. <laughs> but everyone gets that no matter how hard you try, it couldn't be further from perfect. Yeah. Well, exactly. Very far from it. Very, very far. <laughs> we like to pretend a lot when we write braggadocious raps. Being responsible for raising little people kind of makes you pretty acutely aware of your of, flaws. Of what you're putting out there as well, you know. Of yeah. your flaws and, and your actions because they start repeating them. Yeah, right. And you're like, fuck, did I teach them that word? Fuck. Nah, <laughs> 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 uh listen, I don't want to fall through the cracks like some cigarette ash from Scott Storch's keyboard. So let me bring it back to these tracks where we snack on these hacks. That's what you all know me for. Woof. You'll get bodied in the house. I'm not worried about a thing that you might say. With Oft Pondababa, which like saying it out loud <laughs> seems a little silly. Pondababa. Pondababa. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a fair bit of silly involved in this song, yeah. Um, Charles produced the beat and John Bartlett from uh, 6-4 did the keys on it. It is a different sound to the rest of the record. I think that's one of the things that attracted it. Um, us to the beat originally though was that sort of synthy, wavy kind of crunchy sound, which we don't do a lot of. But mm. but yeah, we want to do something a bit more out there. And I'd written the hook, the oft, and so the track was originally just called oft. But then like uh, I've got a line in my verse like uh, <laughs> one of them nuts on your chin like Ponda Baba, <laughs> which is the character from Star Wars Canteen scene in uh, Tatooine that he has an argument with at the bar and the character has, you know, the features like he's got balls on his chin. And, <laughs> you don't have to say that so quietly. And then, I know, even like saying it quietly is not going to help either because I'm speaking <laughs> into a microphone. Um, and then P put a Ponda Bubba reference in his verse as well. Oh man, we had this discussion like... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we had this back and forth text on this song when I was writing my verse because he wrote, he was like the lead writer on this one. And I was like, so is the song called Oofed or is it called Ponda Baba? He's like, both. And I'm like, <laughs> so should I be ending my verse with the same line as you? And he's like, no, but it'd be good if you could end it with a different Ponda Bubba line. I'm like, man, you're not making this easy for me. He gets his arm chopped off and we sat there making arm jokes at each other for about a day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I ended up with a very cheesy line, but it was put, a good fun. Put down your arms up on the bubba. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, one of the tracks on the album that's like rhyming for the sport of rhyming. And, yeah. 
There doesn't need to be great depth to every song. Nah. Or any. (laughs) (laughs) To any song. Um, But yeah, that that was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, so Counterweight, I asked Cam Bluff to send us um, something with a bit of bounce to it, and he sent me that beat, and I absolutely fell in love with it. So I ended up doing a solo track on it. Feel like I'm walking a thin line, balance the thoughts on a zip tie. I'd let them fly off the quiet, but finally silence the voice that is inside. Playing my words before that I've spoken, day of my birth, caught in emotions. Why do I only feel norm in the eye of the storm by the roar of the ocean? So yeah, the song essentially is about uh, trying to just find a balance in your life and in, for me in particular, finding you know balance between touring and all the vices that you have on tour um, and trying to sort of come back home after long amounts of touring and sort of balance that with the stresses of home life and having children and you know dealing with sort of juggling the two sort of facets of what makes me who I am. You know, I'm a father and I'm an artist and it's a bit of a hard juggle. So that's sort of about the stresses and the vices involved in, yeah, trying to reach that balance. Um, and Plutonic Lab, as I think we said earlier, ended up getting on the guitar for this song. And I didn't even know you could play guitar. Yeah, I feel get- like Plutonic can do most things. He was real soldier. He's good at video games. So- it, it would make sense. Like it's it all hand-eye coordination. <laughs> No, but seriously, no, no, you're, you're right. right. You're right. Like, like John, John Butler's like that. He's amazing yeah. on the game. I mean, this is just going to turn into a Plutonic Lab appreciation. We love you, <laughs> Thanks, Plutonic but like, Lab. Yeah, you, you killed you, the track. You've buddy. seen him on the MP and stuff as well. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, when we were backstage in somewhere in Germany, he just like there was a, like a vintage old organ in the backstage, and he just started jamming on it. And I'm like, when did you learn to just <laughs> play this vintage organ? He's killing. <laughs> Yeah, and I love how that we're using all this to say so he could really be good at video games. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's important. That's what's important. <laughs> so yeah, and he ended up mixing the track and playing a little bit of extra guitar on it. So yeah, yeah. Pluto, Plutonic Lab was really heavily involved in the whole record. Yeah, we mixed. The, he mixed the whole thing. But apart from that, was involved. Produced like, yeah. two songs and it's kind of co-produced and helped us out with lots of other bits and pieces like that on the record. Yeah. Do you know what? When I played that beat to my, I got a fourteen-year-old son. His name is Liam. When I played that to Liam yeah. first, I was like, "What do you reckon on this beat?" And he's like, "Too commercial." Your son's calling you a sellout. If I were if I were if I were in your place, if the light that was shining upon you fell on my face. Oh, I would have purpose, I would have peace if I had your fire and grace. If I were, if I were, if I were in your place. Um, fire and grace came about because we wanted to work with Raw on a track, 
we've known his manager for 20 odd years. He came up in uh, the hip hop scene with us around the same time, flagrant, and we got talking to him one night. He was you know, talking about Raw, obviously, he's been blowing up over the last year or two. He was like, it'd be sick if you guys work together. And we're like, yeah, 100%, like fans of the kids' voice, blah, blah, blah. Um, Cam had sent through a bunch of beats, Cam Bluff, and we sort of passed them on, like, would you guys be interested in? They they landed on, on what eventually became the, the backing track and was the, our favourite out of the bunch as well, which, mm. was, yeah. which was handy. And then um, <coughs> Rule came over with his, his manager and um, his writer that he works with, Thief, and, you know, the five of us sat in a studio for a couple of days. First, we spent some time getting to know Rule, real nice kid, good head on his shoulders, like blah, 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 and, you know, developed this track over the next couple of days. And, yeah, man, he's such a such a talented kid. And, and uh, yeah, it was really nice to get him on the record. Yeah, we went back and forth and kind of, you did some extra writing on that as well with Thief. So yeah, after, just, the, after the initial writing session as well. So we just, got ruled in the studio three times for that one. We did. And Not because he didn't nail it, because we kept changing the lyrics. <laughs> kept changing <laughs> bits. I even came up to Sydney and recorded down the road. Just came up for a night and sat in with him down the road. And yeah, I'm super stoked with how that turned out. Yeah. And that kid's a talent. Like he's going to have a big future. And we've got all these rule fan accounts starting to follow us now. He's doing, one, he's doing wonders <laughs> for our social media. <laughs> Good on you, Rule. Yeah. Words fail me trying to convey the right thing to say, but they've written in the lines on my face. Like a roadmap to show you the way No tomorrow if there's no today Cause time will take all we've left With only now to fly away Hold your breath and don't look down What becomes of us If our mistakes are the sum of us Missing all the beauty right in front of us So what becomes of us It was a bit of a different approach to this track um, I tried to teach myself to produce In the time between our last album and this one And play piano very badly And this is... The, the hook for this track was something that I just kind of woke up one morning and I had it in my head and I wrote this really dodgy piano line to it and um, sent it to one above and he fleshed out a really beautiful piece of music to it. Um, and it kind of went from there. And um, yeah, so the song the song was basically about um, being so caught up in your own bullshit that you miss all of the good and all of the beautiful things that are right in front of you. So yeah, it's about a bit of a, a journey of self-examination and critiquing, but um, yeah. a couple of uh, session vocalists on that from Sydney, one, one above recorded them yeah. at the same studio around the corner. And when we were doing the artwork in the track credits, I noticed like one of the singers had the same last name as him. I'm like, man, is this like your sister or your wife or your sister wife? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, me? No, no, no. Like, she's a Burford. 
Ah, right. Yeah, I'm like, are you just like slipping family work? Like, what's going on here? Because <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that hook, I ended up kind of singing a guide, and we wanted a, a bit of a, <clears throat> a larger, more choir-like sort of sound to it. So yeah, one above, who produced it as well, ended up requiring a recording. Sorry, a bunch of uh, backing vocals too, but we never actually met them. So yeah. Mm. That's weird as well, like, to think, like, you know, we've got this on a record, but you could just walk past each other and it's just not nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trolls hit me with the beat for Here Without You. I was like, man, I really like this. It is a bit poppy for us. Mm. But like, I really liked its sensibility and everything. Um, wrote a hook to it. Uh, the track's actually about, you know, because P recently had a daughter, I've got two daughters, being away from our daughters. And I kind of like the fact that people would listen to it and think it was about a girlfriend or a wife. Or yeah. blah, 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 blah. And it's, you know, um, that there's that layer to it or whatever. I just, you know, it's not like the it, the, the, the ambiguous yeah well it's it's not it's not like an m night Charlemagne mystery or anything like that it's just like it's just something nice like a little thing that's you know yeah. you think it's one thing but it's another and we needed someone to sing the hook because it was a very obviously female part and our manager had just taken on um Nyasa. him and his uh wife uh have a management company together so his wife is more taking on Nyasa and he sent us some of her stuff and I'm like wow and she's South Australian again and we just got her down and she's classic man. yeah she's fun to work with she blew yeah. us away in the studio as well her voice is like powerful like really loud yeah. and amazing control of it so yeah super impressed with her. She's really funny too. As soon as she finishes a take, she goes from like big, you know, these big bouncing vocals to like, I think I nailed that one. I don't know. I don't know. It could have been shit. Like, I don't know. And then she'll go back to like seeing again. You're like, man, like, how do these two things exist in the same corporeal <laughs> form? And she nailed most of that in one or two takes as well. Yeah, like she's she crushed it. She's, yeah, she, hopefully. She does great because she's an amazing singer, great yeah. person. Yeah. 
I obsess over track orders mm. and like the way we had structured it, so we'd already agreed on certain things. It's like it's like a puzzle. Mm. So like obviously we'd had this discussion yeah. and Into the Abyss was going to open the album, right? Uh, with the pre-order, Leave Me Lonely was locked in at number three and Clark Griswold is at seven. We had a choice to either keep that energy for the first part of the album and then it, let it naturally fall back. And like it's less about them, the songs at the end having a pop sensibility or whatever and more about the tempo, the literally yeah. the tempo. So the it mood, ramps up like that and falls down like that. And flow of, yeah. Yeah. Like it goes into the abyss 138. Leave Me Lonely, 131, Be Yourself, 120. Yeah, the, the first Sierra two thirds of the record are all really fast. Yeah. F faster than any other record we've done, actually. Yeah. Um, consistently sort of all over 100 beats per minute. So that was sort of what was driving a lot of that as well. Yeah. Because the energy those songs have, they're just more lively due to the nature of the speed of them. And if we dotted those slower tracks throughout the album you would have lost momentum and then had to pick the momentum straight back up again like what becomes of us can't sit in in, yeah. in between a song like be yourself and leave me lonely it just doesn't make sense like no, so like, like at the end with track orders you get to make a more cohesive album yeah mm. and fire and grace and what becomes of us are both quite they're, they're ballads basically which yeah. is something we don't do a lot of but we've sort of done that sort of thing on past albums, but they're probably, I guess, I feel like we expanded it yeah. on uh, on the songwriting side of those. But tracks with the, like a ballad -y feel, they belong at the end of the album. Yeah. The H is for Hilltop. H is for H is for Hilltop. The H is for Hilltop. H is for H is four. Well, six four actually uh, is uh, two brothers, Paul Bartlett and John Bartlett. They made the beat for H is four. Um, they came round uh, to show me some beats and and go through some stuff. And I was actually giving him some reference tracks that I really liked and sort of where that were in the scope of what I wanted to build with them. And I was just showing uh, John the contact horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of the, the keys on there, like just showing him like how nice they, they sounded. And he just played. <laughs> and I'm like, that. <laughs> That's what back, I want. What back you? up a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. And I was like, I've had this idea for this H's for track for ages because we did a cipher ages ago and I had a line in it that it was all linked to hand movements and one of them was H's for a H's for and I hold up the H, right? <laughs> I was wondering if that was linked. Yeah. Um, and I've always wanted to do this track and he'd just written this and I was like, that, 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 that. So they went back. More of that. They fleshed that out. <laughs> Um, I laid my verse, I was starting to get worried near the end of the album that you weren't going to get on it, <laughs> <laughs> but 
because the last thing I wrote and recorded for the the last thing he did for the record and it was like getting real tight I'm like I was worried I wasn't going to finish it (laughs) no but I was worried it was just going to be an outro with just me on it or something like that like and a really long fade or I was wondering as well I was like does he just not like this track and this is his only way of making it go away by just not <laughs> recording on it if you ignore the problem it disappears right <laughs> no that wasn't the case I loved it I just we set ourselves a bit of a <clears throat> monumental task in finishing the record mm. um, and it got to like one month to go and we were like we had a big workload damn we've got so much to do so much recording to do and still some writing to do and Christmas in the middle because we decided on this pre-order and we decided that it'll be a 13 song album before we finished the <laughs> And it wasn't that just like we wanted to finish it. We wanted to finish it exactly how we wanted of it course. as well. Like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, we could have finished the 13-track album in three days. Yeah, of course. But to have it how you want it is a completely yeah. different kettle of fish. To a, to a level of what, you know, to our, our level of standard. Yeah. And, and I had written that in the last two weeks, but I rewrote that verse over and over and over to, I think, two days before handed hmm. and then he murked Just the verse on his toes. <laughs> and murked the verse like one of my favorite verses on the album but also Thanks, like pissed me off a little and i did say this to i think <laughs> in Fremantle. i'm like because very often we'll write i'll record and like people rewrite and go all right and sort of one up each other like a little bit and we, so we th- do that to each other. No, I don't think you did it on purpose, but given more time, I would have done a rewrite on my verse. Didn't leave your time, it was deliberate. Didn't leave- <laughs> 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 because I was like, man, he murked that. I'm like, I want to go back and like have seconds. Like, <laughs> I want to do over. But like, don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm really pleased with and proud of my verse. But like, yeah. Um, he left me no option of the do- You know what? I probably wouldn't have done a do-over. By then, I was just so exhausted from all the writing and recording and stuff. I, I didn't want to see the inside of the booth again for another six months. I get that. <laughs> 15 more hundred takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that closes off the album, and I think it, it kind of closes it out nicely. It's It feels mm. like a track to finish on. Mm. Yeah, I, li- I like how minimal... Yeah. Minimalist, the, the song is to end it on. Yeah. The Great Expanse by the Hilltop Hoods is available now. To find out more, visit hilltophoods.com. Other Side of the Tracks is produced in Sydney, Australia by U Music Media House, a subsidiary of Universal Music Australia. This episode was recorded and edited by the team at Forbes Street Studios in Woolloomooloo. For more, visit othersideofthetrackspod.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 